0: episode 9 of the podcast we're, we're not to the double digits yet that's the third or fourth time i've said that because this is a Take number three or four of actually starting this podcast. So yes, Luke, it's your recorder. I'm throwing you right on the bus right. immediately. Yeah. Nobody even knows the last ten minutes of our lives because they're just starting it now. But anyway, uh, that's insider trading. I know that's not fair. Matt, Luke, and Chris, Dogs Radio, the Elvermere, and our Restraint are the Twitter handles for this one, guys. Uh, part of a new day today as the the Bulldogs start a new chapter with the uh, coaching ranks and bringing in John Gruden to be the the new bench boss of this hockey club, obviously replacing George Burnett who who came in through the Belleville days and. and and was here for the inaugural season of the Bulldogs here in Hamilton. But uh, the the initial reactions uh, to today's announcement, Chris?
1: Fantastic move. From the perspective that Steos, obviously with the 50-plus resumes that filtered in over the last few months, um, we're we're looking at a situation where he he took plenty of time to make sure he was making the right choice. There's a lot of organizations. Niagara just hired their coach after letting Williamson go. Yeah. who, you know, they'll hire somebody internally and it it almost seems like a gut reaction sometimes at least for casual fans. Yeah. So this way, you know, there there's a lot of evidence that they put a lot of forethought and consideration into the hiring.
0: Uh, I think that that's I think a lot of fans do kind of feel that way when it's, you know, just a hiring internally. I think this Bulldogs regime kind of has the the the, the the bonus, anyway, I think is one way to put it, that you know Steve was in his first year last year as the president. He wasn't quite the GM yet. He was kind of getting a feel for everything around what was going on, and then it was, okay, here's what we're going to do. So it's not a matter of having those preconceived notions about what everybody on the staff is all about or everybody across the league. It's, it's kind of starting afresh and starting anew, and that's why when some people will look at this hiring and go, well, hey, it's a guy who hasn't really coached in the OHL very long. He had one year in Flint, but you're like... But the way that I think this process probably went, it, it'll come down to a, a guy's character, the ability to develop some players, and, and having that kind of experience in those kind of key situations.
2: Yeah, and if you look at Flint and, and the team that they had this year, they still had they had a terrible season, obviously, but they had some good players in yep. there, and some players that you could argue Gruden developed.
0: And, and you might say the, the, their beginning of the season wasn't that bad. They no. weren't a train wreck until... Everything started falling
2: apart around them, in which yeah. you can't blame. And they had to. You they, can't blame Coach anybody. Gruden for any of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And or very, the players. Very yeah.
2: early, they also ditched two really good players in Wesley and, yeah. and Nedeljkovic, and and how much of that was them thinking they needed to get something for them, and how much of it was those two guys wanted out of Flint. That's that's part of the reality of the Firebirds last season, yeah. and and probably and, going forward is that and it's, Chatham. Is and yeah, you're right. Uh, Chatham, they sent to Windsor. It's it's going to be tough to for them to keep good players, and it looks like it's going to be tough for them to keep good coaches as well because people like Gruden. People say really good things about him. All of his players from last year sing his praises. I think in in the press conference, Steve said uh that nobody, that you could talk to anybody and they will only say glowing things about mm-hmm. about him. And that's more than just nobody has a bad thing to say about him. That's everybody is is singing his praises.
0: I think that to me stands out when, you, when you're looking for a player's kind of intake on, on, on a coach. Most of them, if they have bad things to say, they won't say anything. Mm-hmm. And if they have good things to say, most of the time, they won't say anything. But if they really want to stand up for a guy, then you actually hear them. And I think that's what transcends that whole thing in Flint was there were guys who were, were not just saying things, but they were standing up and saying, this guy is, is a go-to kind of coach and, and we like this guy. We want this guy around. And that's when you can tell that he's actually made the connection. Cause uh, for a lot of coaches, guys will just go, Oh yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, you know, whatever. We're, we're happy with them, but they're not going to really voice that opinion, you know?
2: Yeah. And, and I think having a guy like that, it, it adds to the staff because if you, if you could see the guys at practice and just around games last season, they really liked Troy as well. That's fairly clear from that, that a lot of these guys have really latched on to, to Troy and, and, you know, maybe part of that was that there wasn't a lot of love for, for George in the room and that the, that you latch on to the next guy and, and sure. I have questions about that in Flint too, whether how, how much of that is, how much of the love for him was the fact that they had the evil, uh, in quotes owner in, in, uh, uh, Rolf Nielsen, making sure I'm not messing him Wolf, up with his, yeah. with his with his son there, but they're still saying really positive things. So it doesn't matter how yeah. much of that was the common enemy thing; they still latched onto it. If he was a bad coach, they wouldn't have latched on as hard as no, they
1: did. No, not did. just the players, parents. Yeah. I mean, Will Bitten's dad, Michael, he he was very candid on some interviews, um, just really explaining how much Gruden was the guy that they need and how Nielsen situation needed to be rectified.
0: Yeah, so it's, uh, I, I think there's, there, there will be enough people who are concerned over the lack of head coaching experience, I guess, for, for Coach Gruden, but when you when you peel off all the different layers to, to where he's been and what he's been involved in, I think you get the sense that you're like, okay, th- this may not be an obvious hire, but you can find some really good merit in this, and some a lot of reason to be quite optimistic about where the club goes from here.
2: Yeah, and he has connections to the, ve- the to the U.S. development team, yep. which is big, because you are going to try and get American players to come here. You've already drafted uh, three of them yeah. uh, in, in the most recent draft, and you're looking to get them to come here. Uh, and also, I think what was a huge key is keeping Troy on the staff. I think you want to have not just uh, somebody at the top who the guys can look up to, and he's a former player, which a lot of guys have said that... We, that that we've talked to in the lead up to this, that's important that the players look at guys who have NHL experience and, and there's just sort of a hero level to that. It's a little extra because they've been there. And so that's helpful with Gruden, but it's also helpful to have Troy for consistency and for the fact that he is a guy who is a name. He's been a head coach in this league and also local, which,
0: and he he knows the guys, he 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 knows knows the guys, guys, so he's going to be able to give coach Gruden, The the ins and outs of where he sees some of the benefits and some of the upside and the downside of all these guys.
2: Yep. I think now the the search is on for the final assistant coach or, or final two. final two assistant coaches, which was a <laughs> which yeah. was a very interesting thing that came out of the press conference because that's not something that we're used to really at all. Even in the AHL, it was the there were other coaches that would sometimes be around, but they were generally sent from Montreal for for a little while. This is there could be f- three assistant coaches, so yeah, there could well, be a press box. Coach. There, well, Troy's not an assistant. He's Sorry, associate. he's the associate coach. Yeah. You're right. It's your, it's your You're right. right. No, I, I did it all the time last season. So. In, in some
0: places, though, your your video coach will also be more of a coach. You know what I mean? And yeah. actively, Chris Young was with the club last year and, and was on the bench for the final game of the season, so y- there is that piece where that coach kind of sure. become can have more or less of a role depending on the overall structure of the coaching staff. Sure, but
2: is. as I understand it, he was much more the video guy. That was that yeah. was his heavy focus, yeah. and it, it kind of sounded like wh- what Steve was saying was that they're looking for another assistant coach, like to be, maybe to do the video, I'd assume, because he's from the press box, but also to be uh, the same kind of coach as as yeah. whoever this other one is and and Troy, and an maybe, eye, maybe more special teams focused. An
1: eye in the sky Maybe with a little headset speaking to the guys on the bench saying. Or an iPad yelling at them like you're yeah. in Windsor. One of those things. Of those Which, things. why not have that in an organization? I mean, Kill. use.
2: Everything you can.
1: Everything you can.
2: Well, and it's a unique... uh, The building also kind of plays into it. If he's sitting up in the press box, he has a unique view that he's not going to get in most other buildings. He can watch the game from above, which, you know, watching from the bench, you're nice and close, but you can't really... There are places on the ice that you can't get a good idea of what's going on, but from up above, you can see everything.
0: And that's one of the things I brought up, Windsor, just because I I specifically remember what they did is they literally had a coach up in the press box with an iPad. If there was a play that set up, they wanted to send it to him, they just send it to him down on the bench, and they could show... Show it to them in a timeout. Or show it to the guys while things are going on. It's like that's the world you live in. So you need to have somebody who can kind of Maximize it. Yeah, and and kind of go through both of those worlds, right? To, A, be able to make sure they get the video and properly kind of distribute it that way, but at the same time, know that, hey, this is something I have to point out to the guys Mm -hmm. downstairs. So it's uh, a whole process. So we got a couple of pieces of of audio that Luke grabbed from the uh, press conference today, first of which is the Bulldogs' new head coach, John Gruden, in a uh, scrum with all the media types. I just stick a microphone in there and let everybody else ask the questions so it's kind of nice and easy. But Luke might have snuck one in at the end. I think I snuck
2: in two questions. snuck
0: in two, my goodness. I know. we'll see if you actually do here how did it transpire
3: well you know there was a i put uh, my name in for a few jobs and um i just uh just you know me and steve had numerous conversations and like he said the process he took his time and it was the diligent and trying to choose um a guy that he felt was best fit um for this job and um me as well um after after last season and uh I feel really good, I feel really good um, with the type of people that um, that I'm surrounding myself with and then come into a city that's passionate and uh, come into and, and help these young men. like We, we talked about developing to be, becoming not only good hockey players but uh, good young men and, and it'll be model citizens in this area.
4: What intrigued you about
0: this opportunity in this city?
3: I think mostly the, the people I'm associating my, myself with, uh, really good guys, hockey guys, well respected. Um, passionate um, they have they're driven and motivated to um, to get better on a daily basis and uh that was huge and and decision is making as well
4: just a quick uh, analysis of the roster that's been built here
3: yeah I am, i'm you know that's our next step uh, i'm familiar with a few of the players i know they 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 did a nice job um you know rebuilding to get some youth and uh with with some of the young talent and the expectations then um, I mean, there will be expectations and uh, We want to make sure we have uh, not only the right players, kids that are committed and driven um, to get better on a daily basis, and and it'll take some time to get a chance to – uh, to meet the guys, I'll reach out to them ASAP and, and start that process. It's not going to start uh, September 1st when they get here. It's going to start tomorrow, um, and I'm looking forward to that challenge. I
4: you've been asked this probably a billion times, mm-hmm. but how would you summarize last season?
3: Yeah, it was you know it was a great learning experience, um, and, and and let me uh, don't uh, if it wasn't for the uh, the ownership and, and the Flint uh, Firebirds, I wouldn't be here. So um, I again you know under all the circumstances, want to thank them. For that opportunity, and uh, and now it's um, into a new chapter, and I'm and I'm real excited to be here in Hamilton
5: second year, a team coming from into the OHL, what challenges or opportunities does it pose as a coach to be a part of that development stage?
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. I mean, these kids in today, like we always, even on the ice, I mean, if they had their cell phones, maybe they could communicate a little bit more. So there's, there's ways of, of trying to teach them um, those little things to, to help them understand that it's still the ultimate team sport. And uh, to get them all on the same page, it takes time. And uh, that's, that's your other challenge. So once I get to really know them and, and understand them as young men, everyone's different. And uh, not only knowing the X's and O's part of the game is just a small fraction sometimes of, of getting your team on the same page. So that's, that's something I, I believe is one of my strengths and something that, like I said, I'm looking forward to.
5: You talked about getting the
2: team more involved in the community. Hamilton, a community that really does revolve around their, mm-hmm. their sports teams. How does it feel to be a part of of this community?
3: It, it does, and I'm, I'm, I'm moving here. Uh, my wife, my oldest daughter is going to college, um, and my other son is uh, he's going off as well to play uh, hockey. So. Um, my wife and uh, my youngest will be spending a lot of time here, and then when my daughter comes back, they're going to be coming here a lot too, and, and I'm real excited to, for them to have that uh, experience and, uh, and just really looking forward to it, indulging and being part of something special here.
0: Where are your kids going to
3: school? Uh, my daughter is going to DePaul University in Chicago, and my son is on the national development team at the U-17s, and uh, either going to Plymouth, Novi, or uh, Northville.
2: Obviously with what happened last year in the front, you know, there's rumors that some of the players are going to want. There.
3: Are you going to be maybe in Steve's ear talking about which yeah. guys you should try to bring in? You know, that's a nice thing that I talked about. I, I really just want to coach and, and obviously have a say in, in what we do, and Steve is, is really passionate and, and really um, educated on, on these players. We will have those discussions uh, moving forward. Um, obviously, there's a, I, I care for those kids uh, a lot. So over there in Flint, they're uh, good young men. And I'm sure, uh, you know, we'll let one, one thing at a time here, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll do what's best to make this team better.
2: Had a, a little
3: chance to look at the facilities around
2: here to what you've seen in, in Flint and, and prior
3: to Flint. This is such a big re- arena. You know, I remember playing here last year. Uh, it's it, it's the, the amenities there in, in, in Flint were, 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 were really nice. Uh, they did a nice job remodeling all that. Here, uh, the, the weight room is outstanding and the locker room's got good size. There's, there's no reason why. I mean, for the recruitment standpoint. That the kids will not want to come play and, and, and be excited about playing here. You speak about
1: one thing at a time. You said it doesn't start September 1st, it starts right mm. now. What is the first step?
3: First step is reaching out to the players and starting to get to know them. Spend some time on the phone with them, give them uh, their likes and certain things, you know, what, you know, what. What would they really enjoy? What are their strengths as a player? I, what are their future strengths? You know, I, That's another word for you know, things you got to get better, weaknesses. So I want to get to know them. You know, I don't want to just come in here. You want to take this time to uh, reach out to them and communicate with them and, and, and see where they're at and, and want to let them know how excited I am to work with them, and, and I want them excited as well. So when they get here, it's, uh, we're ready to go.
2: How important was it that that Troy stay on the staff so you had a little bit of consistency for for the kids and for the systems?
3: It, it was very important, and, and, I, and I had a nice talk with him on the phone the other day. I um, also had dinner with him last night. I'm excited to lean on him, and he's got a, a ton of experience, knows the players. I mean, that is such a – that's it's so it's a it's from last year it's it's completely different. I, we, none of us knew anybody, and that is so important moving forward um, to have him. And I'm very excited uh, to have him as a, as a, as a one of the I call him one of the coaches. Hey, we're we're a team um, just like we expect the players to be a team, and and uh, I'm gonna lean on him heavily.
0: Thank you. Bulldogs' new head coach uh, John Gruden, and yes, you can continually make the jokes because there's enough with, of them. With an there's H. enough of them. Yes, there, there's enough of them going around. It's not the one who's on the TV. You can't be an analyst for
2: football anymore. But wouldn't that be fun for us? Wouldn't that like be just I'm sure insane? the current John Gruden is going to be great. But how much fun would it be to have Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> John Gruden here? That would be that would be fun. Shouting football cliches <laughs> the whole time. I think it'd be good for the fans. <laughs>
0: I think it'd be awesome for the fans. Might not really correlate into winning if that happened. No, no, I don't know how good of a hockey coach he is. My guess is John with an H is going to bring more W's to bit. the team.
1: Steo said he was going to look at all different <laughs> varieties of coaches.
0: Oh, for the love of Pete. Uh, yeah, there is uh, Coach Gruden with everybody today as he uh, is introduced as the new head coach of the Bulldogs, the second head coach now in team history. That that line's already got two lines on it. It's pretty uh, darn impressive. Now, part of this whole thing, of course, is uh, this is Steve Steos and putting another mark on this team as the general manager. This is his hire. Make no mistake, this is uh, his hire as head coach of this hockey team. And, Luke, you, you got you grabbed two extra questions, because uh, these are the, the kind of lead into a couple of different conversations, not so much about yeah. Coach Gruden. So we're, we're kind of getting off the beaten track, and we'll do that with Troy, too, as we start talking about some of the guys getting ready for the NHL draft. But here is just a, a quick snippet so from...
2: I, I do want to set this up a little okay, bit. Okay, fine. Um, the... The, the first question, there was something he said in the press conference that I found really interesting because it was very candid and, and much more than you're kind of used to when it, you're talking about sports. And he said that the culture and environment of previous years was a concern and needed improvement. And that was obviously he was talking about the coaching staff because they hired a coach. But that's kind of where I, I based my, my first question off of to Steve. Uh, first one, you said uh, in the press conference that the culture and environment of the team was something that needed improvement. Uh, that can obviously mean the coaching staff, but it could also mean the players. Is there? Are you guys looking at that of players that, that may maybe need to ship, be shipped out?
4: I think that that will be evaluated under a new coaching staff. I've been part of environments that weren't great and culture that wasn't great, and then, uh, you know, coaching staff can change a lot of that, so, um, you know, I think the players are going to, uh, going to love playing for John and obviously continue to love playing for Troy. And I think that that will be the telltale. They'll have an opportunity under this group to see uh, what they can do unless something else comes up. But uh, the way that I envision it is this group will come back and have an opportunity to prove themselves
2: and uh, that they can, they can play for a coach in this environment. You have a lot of guys on the central scouting list. What sort of advice can you give them as, as a former NHLer?
4: Don't worry too much about it, really. I mean, it's it's you got to look at the long road. you got to look at the long-term development and uh, understanding of the game. There's plenty of good examples of guys either getting drafted late or not getting drafted at all that have been able to carve out careers in the National Hockey League. So um, it's it, it can be a great thing to go through. It can be a disappointing thing for a young player. But, uh, you know, I've told our guys that it's not. It's just the beginning.
0: So just a uh, quick little snippet there from President and General Manager Steve Stelz, but I think goes to... For everybody who was around the team last year, you, you knew, and, and I think it may have came as a bit of a shock when he talked about the, the culture around the team in, in, in last year's season, but it, it's not something that if you were around the team and you watch them close enough that you, you're going to be surprised about. There, there was something off about how things were gelling, and you, you could understand from the outside, it's like, okay, not my job to figure out what the problem is, but there's there's something here that needs to be done. And I think that's what, to to pull this back a little bit towards the the, the coaching hire of John Gruden, when we talk about you know Flint loving him and all the players, you, you bring in a guy who clearly has been able to get the respect of a room at, at this level, and I, I think it just, hopefully, you want that to kind of mesh together and, and build a locker room of, of a winning environment, I think.
2: Yeah, it wasn't really a secret. No, it, it wasn't a well kept secret that there was there was something going on. But it, it's very rare that you hear management admit that, and that was that was interesting to me that that he said it, and I kind of. I kind of liked that, that that he he admitted it. He wasn't throwing shade on anybody. He wasn't saying he didn't stand up there and say George was a cancer in the locker room and we had to get rid of him, because that's that's unfair to George and and yeah. unfair to all the players. And, 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 and
0: I think if you're objectively looking at it, it's it's a complete, it's unfair to say. Like there's of part, everybody's got a it, little it, bit of bit to blame. Yeah, in it's
2: that. there's there's no one person who's to blame for a locker room going bad. There's no one when when in professional sports they talk about a coach losing the room, it's not just the coach who's at fault there's yeah. there's something to the players too and if that's what happened last year then the players are also a little bit responsible for yeah. that but the players stay the coach can be easily fired players can be traded but now they will have the opportunity under Gruden some of them i i have to assume there are going to be some sort of moves. There's just yeah. There's every team so, has changes. Yeah. There's yeah. so many players on this team that there's going to be. It's going to be a slightly different roster by the time September rolls around. It's just that you know the some of these guys that may have not liked Georgia may have created an an issue. And uh, of course, we're not naming any names. We don't know anything. But we're not in the room. We're not in the room. Yeah. But there are. There's probably going to be some players who are going to have to take a second chance to to get along with with this coaching staff.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know if it's going to be. They have to take the second chance. It's gonna be first impressions for a lot of guys. Oh yes. And yes, does that extend to the leadership core? I mean, Brunette announced captaincies and you know, I'm not I'm not sure if Gruden's gonna stick with those captaincies. Maybe he will. Maybe if you look at it, Steos probably also said, Yeah, that guy's a great captain. Yeah, put an A on him. But uh we
0: we might it's a good be question. I think that usually yeah. comes down to the head coach year to year. But the the, I'm the captaincy not sure.
2: is going to be an interesting one, simply because it was very early in the season last year that Lemke was was named captain. So it, it it's not really something that Stamos would have had a lot of input on because mm-hmm. he would have been relatively new to the role. So that that is obviously a a coaching staff and and more likely a George pick because <laughs> he had had Lemke for for a couple of years prior. Well, he had all of them. He'd had all yeah. of them. It'll it'll certainly be interesting to see whether or not Gruden agrees. I think the one guy that it's going to be very hard to take a letter off of if uh, assuming he's back is Nikki Petty. Yes. I, I think that one even as outside observers we can look and go that guy is if he's not the leader on the team, he's one of the yeah. the the important guys on the team. They they respect him. He is he's a stand-up guy. He's he's certainly one that I think is going to keep a letter next season. The rest of them, I don't know.
0: I think it just it all speaks to the the whole idea of building uh, a, a sustainable kind of franchise right you're you're not trying to just bring in somebody that could spark a team for a year you're trying to bring in a guy who people will respect and will play for for this year and next year and the year after that yeah. and everybody will come in and learn that kind of process and learn the way they're supposed to act around the locker room and the way that they're, they're what's expected of them really and it's, it's weird you know that's what I teach my kid in kindergarten you know and it's part of their mantra at school is do what's expected but y- you still have to teach these players as they come in to, to do what's expected to be around a major junior team.
1: Yeah. It's developing professionalism yeah. is what it's called. And we hear about it all the time. Uh, you, AHL teams will bring in older 30, 35-year-old players yep. to help the young 20-year-olds learn to be professionals. Yep. Uh, hockey, hockey has a huge learning curve off the ice. And, yes. and the mentality behind being, it's their career, really. And, and just like in the workforce, you have to learn how to be a professional.
0: Yep.
1: And ideally, we start young. Uh, you know, 15 or something, and that's this is when they start right now in the OHL. So, it, I I thought it was interesting when when in your interview with Steos he said I've been a part of a culture that wasn't good. He knows firsthand. Last yeah, year, how many years? Probably
0: Edmonton. Edmonton. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> Toronto
1: Maple I mean, Leafs. Stanley Cup there. Toronto Maple Leafs during the that's true. Actually. Training camp, Steos spoke quite candidly to the first audience. Really, it was his introduction as as the president. And he explained how frustrating it was wow. to be on the bench night in, night out. The media media ripped apart that Toronto team last year. And that really led into this choice of him actually coming to Hamilton and taking this new role. I mean, he had a spot with the Toronto Maple Leafs this year.
2: It, it speaks a lot to his character also, that, that terrible Leafs regime that he was a part of. He was the only one who didn't get fired. Yeah. Everybody else got sacked from that group, and he stuck around. He left of his own choice, and I think that really speaks to the kind of character that when the Leafs went through this whole big change, bringing in Shanahan and eventually Babcock and Lamarello, that they decided that Steve Steos was a character guy that they wanted in their organization. Yeah,
0: he would have still been there had he wanted to stay Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Totally. Totally believe that. One guy who stuck around here through this whole process, and I think it was uh, a name that was on a lot of people's lips of who could be the new bench boss, who will stay in the, essentially the same role that he had before as associate coach and, and assistant general manager.
2: But with more responsibilities yes, as course. assistant GM, which was, which yeah. was something that, uh, that came out when we talked to him afterwards. And
0: you you would expect that is. Steve is in his first mm-hmm. year as the uh, general manager, so you're going to lean on the guy who, mm-hmm. who's been around. you will probably because Steve will be taking care of some presidential duties too, so you, you kind of got to st- carry that load. But Troy Smith, I, I don't think anybody's going to say, oh, terrible job keeping him around. I think everybody's going to say, you know what, just like you did last year when he was brought in as the associate coach and then given the assistant general manager post, you're like, there's a guy who's been a coach
2: in this league. <laughs> Having him as associate coach, pretty good job. And and not just that, when Michael Landlower, the owner, stepped up to the podium and was talking, at the start of the press conference uh, he mentioned looking at the defense and looking at the guys that jumped up in the central scouting rankings and Troy coached the defense. And so you can look at how good the Bulldogs defense looks for next season, how good individually some of them look. And that's, that's why you keep them
0: and how much some of them, because you you look at that progression curve, right? And they're, you know, none of the guys tailed off. They all got better as the season went along. Some of them got played differently like a Ben Gleason who wasn't as offensively th- think forward-thinking. He kind of slowed himself down and played defense a little bit more, so his points dipped off, and some casual folks might say, oh, that means – you no, but he was playing better as the season went on. And every single guy on the blue line – for, yeah, I'm going to say I think everybody on that blue line played better as the season went along. There might be one or two obs- exceptions given – couple of guys who
2: had injuries all season well yeah yeah cole candela you know he yeah he, he was it's, hurt it's hard end. to say the that. Cole did that. It it's is.
0: hard to critique how justin lemke played when he missed how much and it's hard to say what riley webb did because he missed so much and really wasn't here so <laughs> <I> <laughs> looked good in one game <laughs> that we got to see him down at the, down at the end so you know
2: I'll, I'll give troy credit for that
0: but it, troy w- is a guy who i think a lot of us will say hey it's, this is a good job keeping him around and and not a not a slight to the other candidates who might have been out there for an associate coach, but uh, I'm going to guess he's going to be one of the best
2: secondhand guys in the league. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. um, Mr. And once again said he thinks he's got the best coaching staff in the league. And that includes Troy. Steve in the press conference talked about uh, your work with the defense last season and how many of them jumped in the draft rankings. The draft is coming up now 23 days or so away. Uh, How much are you talking to those guys still about prepping for that?
5: Uh, you, know, you, you talk to them kind of on and off through the off season. I think more of the talking now becomes with the NHL teams that are looking, looking at these players. And you know, it's been a good year that way. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of interest in our guys. That said, I've been around long enough to know that you know to try and handicap who's going to go, where they're going to go is is a tough, uh, tough thing to do. That said, I'm very proud of, of where our guys went. Uh, we had the most defensemen in the OHL on that draft list when you include Christian Merets, and, and I think it's a really good sign most importantly for us moving forward to try and start uh, winning more.
2: Because you're the holdover on the staff from last season, have they been calling you about forwards too?
5: Yeah, they, they they want to know everything about these kids, right? They're they're a draft pick's a huge investment, so they want to know you know what kind of family they come from, how they handle adversity, you know what we think of them as a player, and uh, there, there's a gamut of questions that come regarding not only our players but but other players in our league.
2: Uh, ben Gleason obviously is at the scouting combine. Uh, how big is that for him in terms of not just the obvious exposure to the scouts? But also in terms of it, for him growing as a player.
5: Well, it, it's going to be important for him to grow as a person because you know when you walk into some of those rooms, you're you're looking at NHL GMs for the first time, and that can be intimidating. You walk in and, and you look across the table and you see, you know, Brendan Shanahan, Brian Burke, or, or even a young guy like John Chaika in Arizona. That, that's intimidating, and it's going to teach him to, how to uh, how to deal with difficult situations off of the ice and, and from you know a, a more current perspective. It's important that he shows well and and um, you know introduces them to who Ben Gleason is, which is a, a great person.
2: When we talked to him before the scouting combine list came out, he said that's all he was focused on. He wasn't thinking about the draft, he was just thinking about whether or not he was going to go to the combine. Now that he's gone to the combine, he's going to start thinking about the draft. As his coach, what would you advise him in terms of actually going to Buffalo?
5: Uh, you know what, unless you think you're going on the Friday, I, I would advise the guys don't go. You know what, you, you never know what's going to happen. It's a, it's a big world out there. There's a lot of good hockey players. And, you know, in my 10 years, I've seen a lot of good hockey players get passed over and then, you know what, either get drafted later on or sign later on. It, it's, it's really 15 minutes of fame. And at the end of the day, you know, the, the draft comes and goes. What you do moving forward uh, in response to whatever, whatever happens to you is most important.
2: Do you think it changes anything for you guys on the ice if you have some NHL draft picks next season? Uh,
5: it, it, it helps in the sense that they'll go to development camps and then they'll go to main camps and they're really going to see how pros operate and what they do and, and I think the biggest thing and this is a very general statement but I think the biggest thing for OHL players is just recognizing how hard pros work and what they do to prepare by showing up early, getting in the gym, you know, taking care of their body, all those things and that experience can really help us to translate to, uh, to help for our hockey club. All
2: right, perfect.
0: Thanks, Troy.
5: Still uh, associate
0: coach and assistant general manager uh, Troy Smith earlier with you.
5: Yeah, and and when
2: I uh, when he was answering that last question that I had about how it would impact the team having NHL draft picks there, uh, the one I could think of was Nicky Petty. Not an NHL draft pick, but a guy who went to a rookie camp and a main camp for the Carolina Hurricanes last season. And you could tell that he really learned how what it takes to be a pro. That was a guy that worked his best tail off all season and his fitness level was impeccable you could see that on the ice and and i think if you have a few more guys that that learned that as well not that a guy like matt luff is Bad fitness level or a bad work rate because he's got great in both. But if he can see what it takes to be a pro and he can up it even another notch, that can only help the team.
0: Oh, there was a smirk over there, Chris.
2: Well, well, I don't know. I was thinking, you know, Petty wasn't the only guy to go to a rookie (laughs) camp, at least. No, but there was was Harper and
1: Fox too. He was
2: also (laughs) the one who and Lemke, and Lemke, Uh, but he, he was the one who it really showed. I think out of all of them. Harper was already going to be a guy who was stronger than everybody else because he's a 20-year-old, and that's that's his game. Lemke, we didn't really get to see because he broke his leg in his fourth game. And and Fox, I, I don't know that I really saw. I saw it early. It seemed that he picked up some stuff from the rookie camp early. He looked like a guy who could play in the NHL, and then as the season wore on, he kind of – he slipped a little bit. He still kept scoring goals, but at a
1: consistent pace. His splits were pretty even. Yeah,
2: but it it, it seemed much more of a uh, that he just he had slipped into just he's going to score goals. It seemed like the completeness of his game that I saw early in the season wasn't there uh, down the stretch.
0: I think his numbers were a little bit deceiving on that front because I, I thought I thought I thought he was streaky, and then I did what, what Chris was saying that you looked at it in, in segments and you're like he actually wasn't. Sure, he had he he might have been streaky game to game. But over, you know, a smaller group of what they usually break them down, like seven, seven. Kind of, seven game yeah. kind of things, when you break it into that kind of a segment, he was pretty much the consistent, consistent. player. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it, that, to me, shocked me when I actually thought about Trent Fox that way.
2: Well, yeah, because it seemed like if he was going to score, he was going to score multiple times in the yeah. game. That, that, that's why we got the idea of him being a streaky player. It's just that. I guess when you're when you're thinking consistency, you're, you're hoping for one goal each game instead of three goals in two different games.
1: Well, the thing is with Trent Fox, we, we kind of hope from him, seeing how he was the leading scorer right up until Matt Luff exploded. Um, and you want your con- leading scorer to score night in, night out. That's not Trent Fox. Trent no. Fox is a secondary offensive asset who plays a two-way game. Trent Fox, if he makes the NHL and if he has the staying power... He's going to be more of a Matt Fisher or Matt Fisher, Mike Fisher, Mike Fisher. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Like he'll be the guy who, yeah, it's great when he pops in a goal, but we're focused on how he's not letting any offense slip behind him.
2: He also, I think we'd see higher goal numbers from him Uh, down near the end of the season, even though his point holes were consistent. He uh, did have quite a few games where he seemed snake bit, where he had chances Uh, that he he would normally bury, and he would tell you that too, and that he missed them. So he had I, a lot of crests. Yeah, so like I think right it, there, right I think the that a lot of the uh, down the stretch, even though the point totals stay consistent, I think in terms of his actual offensive output, he was playing better than the numbers indicated.
0: And so uh, th- hey, there, this is now the process, right? Because it's now this, this is what Coach Gruden will be doing over the next month or two before as he gets ready to, to plan out his training camp is going through these guys, trying to figure out what he's got going into training camp. Ian and and Steve Staley. So probably be combing through these guys and combing through the question marks of what to do with X, Y, and Z and whether or not we can get Will Bitten for a bag of pucks from Flint because <laughs> we like him and George used to be here and maybe we can put
2: together a deal. What? Um. <laughs> There's a couple other guys off Flint's roster that I'd be very interested in too.
1: Well, if they keep um, Andre Kachina, uh, he has his his countrymen in, in Flint and they've been doing all the international. They've been on the line together in the junior A's and also at the under 18s. I can't remember his name.
2: Yeah. I don't, I, I was thinking there are other imports. Um, so I can't pronounce the last name. They Finish have another finished, Czech defender, yeah. Finnish defenseman. Yeah. Who's the Detroit Red Wings prospect. That's that sorry. Sy, RV. Sorry. Something like yeah. that. Something like that. Yeah. Point is he'd point be is. great. <laughs> point is there's
0: a lot of pieces. It's yes. still at this point in time where coach and general manager will both sit down and, and look at these guys and figure out what to do going forward. And, it's it, it it's sports. It's not professional, but there are still changes in every team. So yeah. as every as everybody goes, oh, there's only one guy who can't come back. You know, there's going to be more than one guy who doesn't come back. We'll there's probably no. be trades.
1: I would I would anticipate about fifteen to twenty percent of the roster will turn over. That's that's my
0: twenty percent. Uh, that would be how that's many a lot players? Twenty percent players.
1: Uh, of. I'm looking at like... It'd
0: be
2: like four four 20? guys
1: by the end of the season. Let's say. Yeah, I
2: think it's gonna be. Yeah, you know guys, I the, can, see that by the end of the season, because I feel like this is this is a team that that by the deadline, if they're if they're in it, they might make a couple moves that
1: for an overager,
2: maybe an overager, maybe a 19-year-old, like the kind of guy that maybe you'll get something out of next
1: year. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's gonna be interesting. You also have to look down the road. We're gonna have a lot of 19-year-olds. Next year.
0: That's the idea when you're running for a championship. Yeah. You don't want a team full of 16-year-olds if you're trying to win at all. Yeah. What? Did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. It can work.
1: It's worked in the past. There's (laughs) a
0: lot of pieces of this that can work and that are uh, setting up well. It's just a matter of making sure all the pieces are now together going forward. Um, Our next podcast, we'll do our draft, our mock draft. Yeah. We have to figure out the rules to said draft. We're doing, let's do the top 15. Yep. Sure. We'll do the top 15. Each of us will get to pick, and then so on and so forth. So I've got one, two, and three on the paper. Whoever gets one picks first. Whoever picks two, you get it. You get it. And then one obviously picks fourth. And we'll go just go in a rotating order, not yeah. picking teams. We'll no rotate snake. Rotating. No okay sure. And the
2: top three uh, is, is kind of. Um uh, doesn't really matter because we all know what the
0: Now he wants is. to snake. Do we snake? No no, no, no. No, no, snaking back. One two three four. One two three four. Okay. All right. All right. Who wants to pick first?
2: I got uh, three. Yeah, I can do this.
0: I'll be last. Let's, let's, You'll let's, be last. let's grab a
2: piece of paper here.
0: That's not last. Don't you're taking one. last. Oh well I you're <laughs> picking. Luke's upset about Lame. Something. I got number one.
2: There
1: you go.
0: Congratulations. First overall Easiest pick. Easiest job. I, I feel like the Leafs. <laughs> All right. You won the lottery. So for the mock
2: draft, I'll be picking one. Who's picking two? Two. two.
0: And I'm picking three. And Luke's picking three. That means I'm picking four for the Oilers, too. Yeah, that's that? that's
2: what I wanted. I don't need the first overall pick. We know who that is. It was four that was interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Somebody's sitting it. Uh, yeah, there's going to be interesting. Uh, so that'll be the next one. We'll do a, a mock draft leading into the NHL entry draft and uh, we'll try not to be too OHL heavy, but we probably
2: will be. Yeah, let's I, face
0: it. there's a little bit of a bias. I here. don't know that you're going to see uh,
2: many QW or USHL <laughs> players. Number 15 take.
0: overall pick, Matt Luff. <laughs> Thank you coming out. Uh, Coach Gruden's in town. It's a, a new day for the Bulldogs, which is kind of awesome. And uh, well, hey, it, it continues down a, a lot more conversation, guys. Thanks, and everybody. Thanks for
1: listening.
0: Nice. So that won't be the end, um, <laughs> because we just turned off the microphones and decided that we we didn't touch on anything. That uh, another piece in the news conference, which was kind of. Uh Ah, uh, how's she doing? Kind of moment I think for everybody when, when when Coach Gruden was introduced. You know the 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 obligatory here's a jersey and 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 lo and behold, it hadn't been released yet, but there was the white ones and I, I've been gushing about the thing ever since I saw it a while back. Uh, so, guys, what do you think of it? Because I love it.
2: It was it was a little bit of an anticlimactic reveal, I guess. Like <laughs> oh, it <totally> I, was. <laughs> we, we knew coming into the press conference, we were told that. They're gonna show the white jersey too. I just, I suppose, I didn't expect that uh, it would just kind of be. And here they are holding the jerseys. I was kind of expecting a little bit more. But that said, it's a great jersey. You were it's sold such on a good jersey
1: on all the theatrics that they had with Bruiser skating out. I did waving the flag. I
2: did. I like that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's a really really nice jersey. It's it's different. It's not just a, a color flip of, yep. of the black one, but it still holds some of the same elements as the black one because you want to you keep a little bit of consistency through the jerseys, and that shoulder patch. That shoulder patch is awesome. You a I, fan?
0: I think the whole thing is just spectacular. And only a couple of people have uh, heard and say, well, sh- shouldn't it just be a color switch? Uh, you know, like you're talking about, just switch all the colors to white and black. And it's like, no. Why can't it be completely different? And to no. me, that's why I love it. Because... It, it, it for everybody who said, "Oh, that other one's just the Pittsburgh Penguins jersey," it's like you can't tell me this is anybody else's jersey. This is this is the Hamilton Bulldogs white, and this is I don't know, it's spectacular.
1: And it's gonna be good because we're gonna get it for half the season, starting half, I think.
2: I don't remember which way it goes. To I be think honest. I
1: think the first half of the season is the white jersey, so fans yeah. will get used to it really quickly.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I just I love it. It's it's so it's such a fantastic jersey. Black and gold usually works. I was really pushing that there would be an original design on the black one that didn't happen but we got it on the white one
0: and again the shoulder patch is awesome and the shoulder patch is really awesome and again the colors are awesome
1: i wish i was there to see
2: it and again it's awesome well <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you at least saw you the pictures can, of i saw it, right? pictures you but i like check out our twitter feeds yeah so no mine to <laughs> see when it comes to, to jerseys i
1: want to get my hands on them
2: well none mm-hmm. of us got our hands those
1: look on them. huge those were goalie jo- jerseys, I think. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think they were 50,
0: 56s. Yeah, so, yeah, they were, they were. big sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> nice and
2: big ones. Nice, <laughs> nice personalized ones for the coaches. I no, like that. nobody put them over their their suits, nobody. but that's okay. They
1: look good with shoulder pads underneath. I think. I think the the way that the you don't uh, like them. No, no, no. You don't. That's not why what you, I'm saying.
2: You're saying you don't like them.
1: I just want to see them on players. You don't like them. That's, it that's what he I was. He doesn't see. care
2: for him. It was interesting. I did see some of the the fan feedback. There was there was a couple people who who said, "Oh, I like the black ones better." I was like, "Yeah, no. Th- I, I mean, the black ones are great." Because they they're watching the
1: Stanley Cup Final. Well, that's probably they're seeing it. Sydney scoring, and they're like, you know, "That what? looks good."
2: That, that's <laughs> it. Like that Penguins jersey is very similar, and y- you can argue about whether or not they should have gone original all you want. When you look at it on the ice in the Stanley Cup Finals, that's a
0: good looking jersey. I like the black one. I love.
2: The white one. There yep. you go. That's yep,
0: absolutely. We know sons. what you're buying. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, can this
2: be the official? Are not going to turn the microphones the off and say we need editing. to add another five minutes? No, I think we finally covered it. All everything.
0: right. We finally. Coach Gruden's in town. Thanks for listening.